Father Pete, probably in the middle of his lunch, to uh, hop on and talk about something that we've talked about a bunch and you've blogged about in the past and you've had some experience with, but it's something I find super fascinating. So I wanted to jump on and, and just talk about it quickly. And that's, uh, you know, kind of around your first hundred customers. So, um, yeah, just wanted to say welcome to the listeners. We're going to have a bunch of episodes like this where Pete and I kind of just go back and forth on a topic. Also want to say hi to Pete's sister, right? Pete, uh, she, she had some good feedback on yes. the last episode, right? My sister had a lot of good feedback. <laughs> Apparently she listens to podcasts. I didn't know. Um, so she gave me some rec- recommendations. I'll be listening to Anna Ferris later, uh, and Tony Robbins podcast. Right. She also told me that I should blow my nose off mic. Uh, apparently, and I listened to it too. Our first episode, I, I was a little nasally and kept blowing my, and like sniffling. I don't think I actually had sniffles. I think it was a nervous tick. Well, not a nervous tick, but just like a habit. Well, you, so, sound, you sound all clear now. What's your, what's your sister's thanks. name? That's just a big conscious effort not to, to do that. <laughs> what's your sister's name, Pete? Bethany Bauer. Bethany, we'll, we'll try to do better for you from here on out. And anyways, yeah, so um, I've always been fascinated be, uh, by like the first 100 customers, um, just d- j- the whole like manual aspect of generating your first 100 customers, how companies go about that. It's probably like that manual <laughs> grind nature of it that I just find really... Used to call it simple, but yes, it's manual. <laughs> One-on-one. Yeah. Sort of like there's, there's, there's a lack of process, there's a lack of precedence, and I think that just makes it exciting. Uh, probably not for the folks going through it the, the first few times, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you've gone through it. This this is like your third go round with DataBox, so I wanted to kind of just get your background. Like you've sure. done, you've done this a few times. Like where when I, like can you just talk about those those two other times to lead off? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my first startup, I was like maybe mid twenties at best. We had built a web application that helped people market events uh, and manage registration for their events. And so I had to like go and sell event planners on the idea of using the software, and they'd pay for it. And so I'd go to venues and event planners and pitch them. I remember walking into an ad agency in Worcester, Worcester, Massachusetts, and. Uh, asking him for a few minutes. He was actually not kind enough to give me a few minutes because I totally walked in like a cold, cold walk off the street. And I gave him like my 10-minute spiel. And he said, um, and I said, what do you think? And he said, come back to me once you've proven it out. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I never went back to him. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I think that's, you know, a lot of companies starting out, that's the kind of response you get from people in that, you know, and I'm not going to be your guinea pig, right? I got an established business. I think he literally said something like, my clients are the biggest auto dealers in Massachusetts. I'm not going to risk using you for for them, right? That's a, to him, it's probably million dollar accounts or whatever. So uh, that was kind of my, my initial experience. I, you know, through grinding, just got to that point. I think we ended up doing like 200 events over a few year period. You know, a few hundred thousand people in total attendance. So, like, we got it. We got it up just through hustle. Um, but it was a lot of, lot of pitches that went nowhere. Basically, that was my first go around. How when I joined you, HubSpot, how did you like? Uh, how did you counter like that? So, when somebody was like, "Well, come back to me when you prove it," was it just sort of like a? I, what was your counter to that? Um, well, eventually, I actually had to learn how to sell. So I had hired a sales coach <laughs> in the process, like because I was going in with my idea. Like I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm like, I have this amazing idea for leveraging a network of 
of on pro- online promoters to help people uh, market their events and and so you know I didn't have the network yet I didn't have the events yet so the two-sided model I was trying to build um, and and I didn't really I didn't really have any proof points so I just looked for people that gave me a shot I ended up doing stuff with nightclubs I did stuff with small bands we did a fun my intern did I did an intern a local high school intern he did a fundraiser um, with his friends like we just did I did ski trips with my friends uh, so he just did all these kind of things just to get traction and, and what you know one success kind of led to the to the next and then obviously HubSpot was probably a little quicker, right? And you were there for the first hundred customers. Yeah, when I joined, I was the fourth sales rep. They had just raised their Series A, but there probably was like maybe thirty, forty customers or something like that when I joined. I do remember the hundred customer party. Uh, you know, we got like natural light and and uh, <laughs> we went out with somebody like went somewhere to get natural light. And we had some pizzas or delivered in. Uh, so I remember that. That was kind of a a big deal. But yeah, like we had a little more figured out. We knew our pitch for them, like some element of our pitch. Uh, it was resonating with a decent percentage of customers. I actually had brought some of my old customers on board, um, like from my previous startup, because I was offer, offering marketing services to them in addition to the event marketing services. And so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as hard that time around. There was already some momentum. Brian and Darnbush both had been successful entrepreneurs. Uh, so so there was validation, and they had customers. You know, some customers. I wouldn't say we had any like amazing case studies other than ourselves, but but uh, it was it was pretty early. So it was, it was, it was so for related. for for somebody starting up now, like more generally, like what what are some things that you should think about? Because obviously, uh, a lot of startups will will hit that stage and say like, oh, our market is they, they think it's a lot bigger than it is, or they try to attract too big of a market, and th- that can get them into trouble. Um, because they're too general. So, like, what? How should people think about that? Like, from, from in your experience. Um. So, I think times have changed. You know, from my first startup, you couldn't really do internet marketing really um, to get your customers. You know, Google was around then, but like, people were still questioning, or you know, that versus the yellow pages at the time. And so, literally, people would, you know decide between their budget of their website putting up a website and and investing in yellow pages and i'm sure people still do but like most people chose yellow pages back then so i think you know the online came along obviously hubspot rode that really just helped drive and rode that wave uh and so i now like digital marketing is the obvious first choice and uh but because so many companies are doing digital marketing and because you know there's there's no barrier to it. Um, competition is ridiculous online now, and so I think older marketing principles are really important. I remember pitching my first startup to like a group, uh, the WPI Venture Farm, where I went to school, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, uh, and. I remember the marketing person on there saying, "This is stupid. You got to pick a market." I'm like, "I don't need to pick a market. That's dumb. The, you know, everything works on the web." And so I was doing like nightclub events and seminars for businesses and networking events for small small business owners and like we're all over the map. Yeah, and that didn't work. And and so I think now that you can't even think about doing that now. You have to think about what's that minimum viable product that will resonate with a relatively smaller niche group of people or companies um, and that's how you get your first on our customers now you can't go after this big you know 
market. You can't try to emulate what big companies do and, and, and go after a big market all at once. Smaller companies just don't have the resources. So, uh, so Databox, like like we mentioned before, that this is sort of like your third go round. Databox already had a customer base when you came on as CEO last year, but obviously they were in this uh, kind of transition phase, kind of pivoting more to mass market. Um, so, how did you think about like when you when you first came in, or even before, obviously when you were considering it, like what was your approach to the first 100 customers or your first 100 customers? Yeah, so um, I'm glad you think that, that Databox was further along back then. <laughs> it must mean the marketing was was working. Um, but th- I think there were 12 customers paying Databox at the time. Um, so there wasn't, there really wasn't much there to say to make a conclusion that what was working and what wasn't. So we're up, we're up right around. I'm looking at the dashboard now, of course, but we're up at 300 customers, just just shy of 300 customers now. So, you know, in 10 months. So obviously, we figured something out. Uh, uh, the data, the biggest mistake DataBox made was trying to com- kind of position like all of the other business intelligence companies out there it's like a 17 billion dollar market so of course you're going to go after it and kind of brand yourself as a business intelligence system um and they did a mobile first thing which was you know which was hot really hot when they when they started um but it just it because like the funnel was so varied it was almost impossible to sell or onboard uh many of the people coming to them at the time so you know one day i I basically jumped in the funnel to figure out what's going on and so one day i talked to like the operations person of a fortune 500 company wanting to produce reports for their bosses um and the next day i'd be talking to like a solopreneur uh marketing consultant the third day i'd be talking to like a, a tech startup that's launching a uh, mobile app so so it's like it was so varied. There's no way that like a salesperson or a service customer service person could understand their needs in order to help them implement the product effectively. And so that was kind of the problem that Databox was going after, or was 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 running into, is that the funnel was so varied that it was hard to sell and service to them. And so, because of my background in HubSpot and, and marketing agencies, uh, before I joined, I started introducing agencies to Databox and saw a kernel of what was there. And so that's what we focused all of our uh, marketing and sales resources or people towards is going after marketing agencies and and help, helping HubSpot partners and marketing agencies uh, get a better handle on and monitor all of their clients' data in one spot on a device and then automate reporting uh, for those for those clients so that, that the agency doesn't have to do cut and paste was that, into documents. Was that like it, the agency use case? Was that an obvious problem that you had just known from knowing agencies so well over the years? Or did you just learn that through like your early research and phone calls, like that you were doing like customer research when you first sort of came on board? Yeah, early research. Like I, I, for like five or six years, I've been running this mastermind group um, of marketing agencies. When I, uh, in order, uh, kind of just to keep my keep um, some interaction going with partners as I built the team out. Because when as I started building out the those my partner team, like I got more and more removed from the front line and so i wanted a direct line with a bunch of agencies just to get a feel for like how is hubspot doing and, and for them and you know what are they struggling with and so i've been 
having a weekly call with like 20 agencies for five years and you know some of the agencies come and go but for the most part it's around 20 agencies and uh and so i just i introduced it to them and asked them to check it out and we had conversations about it we on our friday calls we would talk about you know what it could be used for and pretty quickly they they saw the opportunity around reporting and how they could use it for for reporting uh to their clients instead of what they you know what most of them do now which is very time consuming and a lot of manual um data movement from right. Right. screens and and then, a lot, and then a lot of the marketing too right at this point like you kind of figured out this angle of of uh marketing to to hubspot agencies uh including you know sort of co-marketing opportunities with with uh surveys and sort of collating um proprietary data that, that you know that that the data box now has like from their sort of qualitative research with agencies and so you've like figured out all these channels that um market to them but also include them right and help sort of lift their, yeah, I, their I think the, the beautiful thing about focusing on one market is that you then can optimize everything you're doing around that. Um, the horrible thing about not focusing on one market is that like a prospecting approach into a, a marketing agency will not be the same as a prospecting approach into a Fortune 500 company which is selling to an analyst, right? Or, or even to a solopreneur. It's going to be different. And so um, by picking that market, we 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 started to focus our, our outreach, our prospecting outreach, um, our social strategy, our content strategy. Um, and then we started to build out like uh, benefits for the agencies of working with us, uh, not just that are based on the software, but, but in terms of helping them learn things and helping them go to market. And so by, by focusing, we could, we could build a whole slew of things that, that assist them in growing their business, helping them acquire clients, helping them grow the clients, help them the clients, etc. Do you think the, the sort of the that intense focus is is that necessary for all businesses? Like uh, thinking about HubSpot, like did they have a really specific niche? Like uh, when you were there and you know you had that first 100 customer party, were they a little all over the place, or did they have like a really specific niche at that time that they were going after? Um, I think the market was so different then that uh, they didn't have to. Fo- we didn't have to focus as much. Uh, there was a focus on businesses, which was a very underserved market. Uh, so by focusing on like you know companies with say less than fifty employees, we were selling um, selling against SEO shucksters, people that would basically come in and say for a thousand dollars a month I can manage your SEO, and then they'd send them a report at the end of the month, and not do anything. So so like we found a market that was ripe uh, that didn't have to be too specific. But I think like today. That would never work, right? Like, there's first of all, there's not as many SEO shucksters, and and like there's there's literally twenty different ways you could do SEO or marketing automation or email marketing, right? There's so many options, and most small businesses know about that stuff now, right? So you think the 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 just the rise in competition, specifically in the digital space, like that has kind of led to this need to really yeah. kind of hone in on a niche. You think that's really kind of like the the I do, but I also. I also think it's not just in the digital space. I think the digital world has created competitive environments for everyone. Like if I want to hire somebody, I just hired somebody to do my, uh, to, um, to repave my driveway and put a walkway in, new walkway in. And so like all I had to do is spend two minutes. I found five viable companies to call. Right. So how do they differentiate themselves? Sure. Uh, and then, 
you mentioned like this, this ability to optimize, you know, all of your channels when you have like a really specific focus on a market. And one thing I've noticed about you early on at Databox is that you're not necessarily hung up on the process for uh, trying new things. Uh, you're, you're more sort of worried about like at this stage, doing the work, figuring it out, like, and then we'll iron it out later. Is, do you, like, do you find that approach is like critical to like this sort of hustle slash grind phase, uh, of like generating? I think so. So for like the first three to six months, let's say it was basically me. So if I were going to sit down and write out a list of things to do and communicate to that, to the team and then go do it, it would it would take me it would delay me from actually figuring it out and chances are the list of things that i thought i needed to do would change by the time i start doing it and so i think i think it like at some point um yeah, then we had like we hired a salesperson I hired a marketing person I hired an agency onboarding person at that point is when we started to build out processes but still pretty pretty lightweight because there was still things to figure out like for the onboarding of agencies initially it was like just have a call of them and see what they need help with right and then now we have this like three-step process that we follow um and and like templates that we use and you know and and and, and that's all documented so the rest of the team can see it so that they know why we're doing what we're doing so i think it's just a matter of once you like when you're still figuring things out having a planning and communication process around that is is it just slows you down but once you start figuring things out i think it's really important to start doing that and now we're in a new phase where we're like we're, we'll probably double the sales and marketing team over the next few months um and so now we absolutely need processes because uh, oh, in order to make those people productive quickly they need to come in and not stub their toes you're starting to see that right it's like uh, you started responding to somebody about guest posting and i'm like hey we have a process for that john like no big deal i know you didn't have a process for it but uh and i'm open to changing the process but like here it is so you know right and so i think it's important to start getting to that way that way like we don't have four people managing guest posts for our blog no for sure yeah and, and yeah and i think early on that getting too hung up on process definitely slows you down. I think it's probably like that, that time that you can shave off by figuring out what works and what doesn't is almost more important than the communication to, to yep. everybody else at the beginning. But yeah, once, once it scales and you have dedicated resource, then you have people sort of falling all over each other and, uh, yep. too much overlap and then you're not getting anything done. So yeah, we'll have to have another one of these at a thousand and we'll see how things change. <laughs> right. And, uh, yep. yeah. Yes. And, and hopefully that's, that's very soon, but, um, so yeah, it sounds like processes, systems and controls by then, right now we just have some processes and a handful of systems, but yeah, for sure. Right. Um, so yeah, it sounds like really the, the main tenants is really zeroing in on, on, on a niche, like intense focus on who, who you're going after. Um, sort of like a, 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 you didn't say this, but it sounds like more of like a culture of experimentation, trying a, a lot of things. Um, maybe not necessarily caring too much about like, you know, really putting a lot of time into communicating that vision, because like you said, it's probably going to change so many times based on what you learned. Um, and another thing it sounds like is really just reaching out and doing a lot of customer research, talking to the people that have used it, talking to people that could use it. Um, so yeah, a a lot of manual work, but, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. I think, I think it is important to have an idea of what the vision is, the high level vision is like, I knew, I I knew that there was value in helping agencies be more agile, be more data driven, pay attention to their data more easily. And so that was, that's still guiding us. Right. 
Um, and we're still tweaking it. Like we'll roll out a few features this week that will, I think, be game chasers for agencies in terms of how efficiently they can monitor the performance of all their clients all in one spot. So, so I think like, we're still tweaking things. Um, but I think yeah, there's the, over time less innovation happens, more repetition happens, right? That was a good. That was a good product tease, Pete. You you've done this before. That? I said that was a good product to use about the feed. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. We'll we'll ha- we'll have to we'll have to close it out there. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Pete, for for taking a few minutes. Um, hopefully, your sister goes easier on you yeah. about about this. I think so. I don't think I sniffled. I hope I didn't. I'll have to listen to it and see I if I did. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I, th- I think you're yeah. good. So uh, to all your listeners, thanks for spending a few minutes, um, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again very soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.